0: Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Ashley Klimmer. I'm the Director of Programs and Community Engagement. And I'd like to thank each of you for taking time out of your day and for those of you all who brought your families here for today's practice, Mindful Living for Parents and Families with Simone Woodage. It's always wonderful to see some familiar faces and old friends and also some new faces here. I am just curious if you would take a moment and raise your hand if you are here at the Rothko Chapel for the very first time today. And just hold your hand up for a moment so the rest of us can look around and see who you are. Thank you. Now I'd like to ask those of you who've been coming here for a long time. Maybe you've been coming to the chapel since it opened in 1971. Maybe you've been coming more recently every month for these 12-moment sessions. But you consider this uh, a second home maybe in many ways, if you'll just raise your hand. And again, just keep your hand held so we can see you. Excellent. I think that one of the wonderful things about the Rothko Chapel is that it is a place for all of us open every single day of the year from 10 to 6. And it's here for people of all ages, genders, races, religions, and nationalities. So it's as much yours as it is mine. And with that, I think it would be appropriate if we just take a moment and turn to the person on either side of us and just say, welcome to the Rothko Chapel and share your name. So for those of you who are here for the first time, you are here for a monthly program that we offer that we've been having here since 2005 called 12 Moments Experiencing Spiritual and Faith Traditions. And this is a time for us to learn from people throughout the city who might look different from us and who might have beliefs that are different from ours, share a little bit about themselves and about the religion or spiritual path that they follow and to give us the practice for contemplation that we can then apply in our everyday lives. It's an opportunity to explore the many beautiful ways in which we're different, but I think more often it's ways to explore the many ways that we're actually quite similar. So for this summer series program, all of the programs that we've selected here at the Rothko Chapel were selected with families in mind. And so for that reason, today's practice, as well as the practice next month, uh, has less of a, a spiritual or religious focus. Um, But, more is providing us um, some different ways to slow down, to notice how we're feeling in different moments, and tools for how to relax in those moments. So I'm just curious, um, if there's anyone here that this applies to you, is there anyone here where you have like family or friends, you love them so much, but sometimes they drive you crazy. They make your heart beat just a little fast. And you kind of want to, like, scream, or you want to run away, or you just want to shut down. Like, I can't even deal with you. If this applies to you, just raise your hand. I would be really surprised if this. I feel like everyone should raise their hand. Maybe not. Maybe some of you are just, maybe we need to have those of you who aren't raising your hand come back and lead one of these sessions next time. So that is a little bit of what we're going to be learning about today. Um, We're going to be really learning some ways in which we can move through these moments and some ways in which we can be kind to ourselves and kind to each other. So here to help us with this very important task is Simone Woodage. She is an educator at Don Mountain Center for Tibetan Buddhism. She is a mother of three boys, so she is very intimate with the family dynamics and realities. And in her own words, she's on a personal mission to spread self-compassion and kindness to the world. So there's more information about her and about Don Mountain in your printed program. And I welcome you all to, to talk with her afterwards on the plaza. Um, so, before we begin, I want to ask that you join me in taking a moment of silence. And the purpose of this moment is for us to hold in our thoughts the many families right now in all parts of the world who are fleeing their homeland due to violence and seek a refuge and safe spaces like the Rothko Chapel. And the many families in our own state on the border of Mexico who have already been separated from their parents or maybe separated from their children during this difficult process. I also want to ask during this time that you just take a moment to acknowledge the things that you're grateful for and the things that are in your life that maybe other people don't have those privileges. So if you'll join me for just a moment, we'll just sit in silence. now before we begin I'd like to ask you take a moment to silence your cell phones and please refrain from photography don't get worried we are going to be documenting this experience we'll have an audio recording and we are going to take a couple photos and all of those things will be on our website so you can refer back to it you're not going to miss anything I promise so now I'd like to invite Simone to lead us in today's practice thank you thank
1: you thank you so much (coughs) so hello everybody
0: (laughs) hello hello
1: Uh, I'm very grateful to be here with you today, to uh, be asked to be a part of this program and to be in this peaceful space. And just to give you a little bit of outline of what we're going to do today, I'm just gonna take a few minutes to share with you how mindfulness has been beneficial in my life. Uh, Some experiences that I have had in working with children over the years in um, teaching mindfulness and how that has been useful. And um, then we'll do a little bit of mindfulness practice together. Um, and if I were to really just define mindfulness in the simplest way possible, I would say it is simply the practice of slowing down. we we'll just keep it as simple as that, the practice of slowing down. And even though that definition is very simple, it's uh, something that takes practice and it takes a little bit of patience to really uh, incorporate that into our daily lives to make that part of our daily lives. But I do want to start with just a moment of true authenticity and transparency and that is just to share a little story with you of of what it was like for me as a mom. My boys are a little bit older now. They're 16, 20, 28. But when they were younger, uh, I might start my day by sitting on my meditation cushion 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning and then Of course, I would levitate downstairs to the kitchen, right? And then at 7.45, this is what it looks like in my house. Get your shoes on! Where are your shoes? I told you to get your shoes on! We're late! (laughs) And then, when I would get everybody in the car, I'd be like, Where are your lunchboxes? So the point I'm trying to make is that no matter how much mindfulness I practice, I'm still that lady, often, okay? Often. So, um, <clears throat> and I have even misused mindfulness. I have in moments of chaos in my family, as all families have, I have yelled out, everybody needs to just calm down and take a deep breath. Not effective. Not an effective way of using mindfulness at all. But <clears throat> so, um, but I do want to share with you three uh, examples of of you know, the way mindfulness has has worked for me. And I would say the first first one I'd like to share with you is um, connecting with my children. So uh, I have these three boys and often they would be like, mom, let me tell you about this dream I had last night. And at that moment I knew I was in for a long story, right? Because those stories can really stretch out. But if I would, just slow down. Take a moment to look into their eyes. Put my cell phone way out of my eyeshot and earshot, and uh, just take the take in the joy of the expression on their faces when they were sharing their long stories with me. It is a beautiful, rich experience, and that I am really grateful for. As they became teenagers, it reversed, right? I was like, could you put your cell phone away and look in my eyes and, and just uh, you know give me a few minutes of your time? So uh, I'm really grateful that there were those few moments when they were younger where I really tried to practice the mindfulness and, and connecting with them. Uh, the second gift of mindfulness and this practice of slowing down is um, this opportunity. This yeah, awareness of lifting my head up, right? So, so often, no matter what I'm doing or where I'm moving in the world, often I'm, I'm inside my own head and thinking about my own worries. But if I can lift my head up, if I'm walking in the park, take in the sky, take in the birds in the sky, take in the beauty of the different shades of green. And even in this moment right here, I can practice that. And I wonder if you would all take a moment to practice that with me. So, slowing down, taking in the moment. And so, perhaps we can lift our heads up a little bit and lift our bodies up a little bit. Take a moment to scan the room. Take notice of the light. So Maybe just scan the room with your eyes and take notice of the light how it's reflecting on the paintings. If you are here with another person, would you take a moment to notice that and think about how how important that is in the person that you came with today? So when I look out, I see that I have some family here, some friends that came to support me, friends in my community. That is really kind. It is really kind. So I would take a moment to take that in. And one other little part of that, you know, the, the Rothko Chapel, and if you came here today, you're interested in mindfulness, and as Ashley said, it's the practice of kindness to self, compassion to others. There is a whole room full of people who are interested in that, and that's a beautiful thing. So I, would take, I want to take a moment to take that in. So the third story I want to share with you of how mindfulness has been effective in my life. Uh, The third part in this practice of just slowing down. Um, It's been helpful to me to, to think about what's going on inside, right? And really what I mean by what's going on inside, I mean what's really going on inside here, right? So a while back, I was walking in the park over at Herman, Herman Park. I have this beautiful little white dog. She's the sweetest dog in the world, but she barks at everybody, everybody. But she's very sweet. So I'm walking in the park, and this little girl comes over and she says, can I pet your dog? And this is a really smart question to ask anybody that has a dog. So she says, can I pet your dog? And because I don't know if my dog is gonna be mean or nice, I say no, but I say it in a nicer way than that. I, I explained to her very gently, but her mom comes over and her mom says, you know, we're dog people. And if you would let more people pet your dog, you wouldn't have that problem. So uh, I can tell you, that because I've been practicing mindfulness for so long, I just let that roll off my shoulders. No, 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 no! I'm just kidding. That's not how. It <laughs> That's not how it went at all. <laughs> I went immediately to feeling ashamed of myself. Like, I am a bad person. I should be a better dog trainer. You know, it was it was a terrible feeling. So one minute I'm enjoying the sun and the shades of green in the trees and taking the birds in in the sky, and the next minute I'm feeling terrible about myself. So what this practice of slowing down has helped me to do, and it doesn't always, not always, but every once in a while, I can take notice of what's going on inside. I notice that I shifted very quickly to not feeling good about myself. I can take a little time to reflect to see, how did I get here? And then I can ask myself, is this true? Because some of the feelings that happen when I'm feeling bad about myself, I start to feel bad, then I start to feel angry. And if I'm not careful with that, I can push that forward onto the next person I come in contact with, right? So that's one of the other very valuable gifts of this practice of slowing down. Okay. Okay. So I don't do it all the time, but when I do, it is very powerful. Okay. So when I share those three examples with you... um, how do we teach that to children and those are kind of some very strong examples But how do we teach that to children and I would say in my own experience and in my experience with with teaching children? It's really the daily connections the daily practice the daily little teachable moments that make for the bigger picture of kindness to self compassion for others increase increase in concentration inner peace or or calming in moments of of worry. So every time I meet with my students, we we do the practice of gratitude, right? And gratitude is a little bit of a worn out word, but it's a very effective practice. So the practice of gratitude. So often when I meet with my students, I ask them to either draw a picture of three things that they're grateful for or to tell me three things that they're grateful for. There's a second component to that which is really the most important part. And that is, it cannot be the same thing that they told me yesterday or the last time that we met. And the reason for that, and, and you know, with my boys usually in the evening time, I would ask them, can you tell me three things that happened today that you're grateful with? And they go, okay, friends and family every time. And I'd be like, no, I need you to take a moment to think back. What was important about your day? What, 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 what can you bring value to that happened in your day? It's very effective. They have to take a moment to think. Prefrontal cortex gets engaged, right? They're concentrating and they're bringing value to what happened throughout their day. Okay. In Texas, we have some of the most amazing sunsets And I don't care where you are in the city of Houston, when that sky turns orange and red and blue, it's a beautiful thing. So it's a very simple daily practice, happens every day, but we can take a moment to ask our children to take notice of the sunsets. Or I don't know if you've ever been on 59 early in the morning and there's that massive moon in the sky, sometimes throughout the year, take notice of that. So here's the third thing in daily connection with our children that has been powerful, but it's kind of vulnerable for me to share. And that is that I have had to learn to apologize to my children. And so what that might look like is that when I have, I, I might say, mommies get tired, mommies get exhausted. Mommy's tired of asking you to put your shoes on for 10 times and I'm sorry that I, that I got so upset with you this morning. But that, does, that teaches a few things, I hope. It, not only am I role modeling, that I have to have some self-compassion for myself and recognizing that everybody makes mistakes. And hopefully I'm role modeling for my children the value of the apology. Because there's a lot of learning in my experience in the person who's doing the apology and the person who's receiving the apology, the person who's doing the apologizing, the person receiving the apology. All right, just a few more things. Um, If you, another practice that you can do in the moment, um, you know, we've been hearing a lot about the soccer players in the cave and how that, how stressful that might have been to them. In those moments, we can, if you are a praying family, say a little prayer. Or send out a kind wish for the soccer players and their families. Right in that moment. Sometimes with my boys, if we were driving along the freeway and there was an accident, I would say, can we take a moment to say, send a kind wish or say a prayer for the families that might be involved or the person involved in that. So again, they're daily practices, they're little things, but I do believe in my experience, they make for the bigger picture of kindness, compassion, self-awareness, slowing down. All right. One more practice, the last one I'll share with you, and that is, you can do this at any time uh, with doing any sort of art practice. So what has been effective with the kids in class is giving them instruction, and I think the key is in the instruction, in doing uh, an art practice that is not something that they're going to create and then going to judge. So the slowing down and the gift in that practice is really to take the brush to the paint, the paint to the paper, the brush across the paper. That's the practice, right? And then the beauty of dipping your Brush into the water and watching the water change colors. So it's a very simple, but it is a reinforcement of showing in the moment what it feels like to slow down. And we are not creating something we're gonna judge. You just have the permission to enjoy, to enjoy. Brush to paint, paint to paper brush to water water to color okay so in my experience with working with kids these are just a few examples of practice daily practice that can be effective so let's practice one together okay Um, in your handout if everybody has a handout there's a piece of paper there with questions. So the questions are for the parents. <laughs> or if you're here with, a, with another person, you can ask these questions with another person. If you're here by yourself, you can contemplate these questions. But the practice is this. When I said the the greatest gift of that slowing down and connecting with my children, the only so the only purpose of this practice is to slow down and enjoy uh, this moment with your children. No other goal other than that. So the practice is I see you which means eye contact, I hear you, which means I'm not thinking about what to say, I'm just listening to what you're telling me, which is actually quite hard to do. And the third part of it is, is that we're not giving advice or feedback or telling them what we thought, we are just saying, thank you for telling me that, I'm glad that you shared that with me, something along these lines, okay, is that clear? Does anybody have any questions about that? Okay. And parents, there's a little, there's two little um, recommendations of words that you can say or prompt your children so that they can continue, helps them to uh, continue on with their story. Those words I have found to be extremely valuable in working with children in getting them to say a little more so I won't say what they are out loud, but I encourage you to use them. So take a moment. So again, let me, let me say it one more time. The only purpose is to enjoy the delight of hearing your child answer the question. That's it. If there's a question on that paper that you feel that you would be overwhelmed with a compulsion to give feedback, don't ask that question. <laughs> I understand that. So maybe take a minute to look over the questions and then turn to your child again, I see you, so eye contact, I hear you, just taking them in the joy and the delight of hearing them share, looking at the expression on their faces, and then ending with, thank you for telling me, I didn't know that, I'm so glad you shared that with me. Okay. Okay, so begin. <laughs> Hmm. Okay, we have about 30 more seconds and then I'll ask you some questions. Okay. So tell me, <laughs> could I get one or two brave souls to share with me how that was for you? Perhaps a question that was interesting. Yes. Thank you. Well, I just started with question number one the easy mm.
0: And uh, I have three boys. Nice. They told me it was the day they were born because, uh, well, on, on their different words, but mm-hmm. they said the same thing, the same idea.
1: Yeah.
0: And, uh, you know, it just, I told them that it shows me that they really love being here mm-hmm. and, and they're happy where they are. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to share that.
1: Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Hi everyone I'm Catherine and this is Mookie and um, hi (laughs) I just started homeschooling Mookie back in June and so his mom we're very grateful that he signed that she signed us up for today Mm -hmm. and when we were going through this question um, these questions I thought it was wonderful because he said what would you say the best day of your life
0: so far was or the perfect day for him and it was the day that we do homeschool So it was very gratifying that we have uh, been making a success out of this, (laughs) wouldn't you say? He says yes.
1: Good. Maybe one more other person, one more brave soul, would any of you kids like to share? I dare ya. My brother might think that this is crazy, but my mom asked me, What's one of the things that might frustrate you? And I said, My brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we get that for sure. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Okay. I, I can, from, from my point of view up here, this is really, uh, it's such a beautiful experience to see everybody sharing and talking with each other. It's quite moving to see. Okay, so I want to do a little um, practice in uh, saying something kind to ourselves. And we could do a little walking meditation. So one of the things we want to be very careful is not to walk anywhere near the paintings. And um, so perhaps we can walk in between the benches. And uh, so let's see how this goes. Let's stand up. So perhaps whatever bench you're in front of You can just walk in front of that bench. And 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 if you want to come up and walk in the middle, or you know, walk, come up here to the front, we have quite a bit of space up here in the front. So. Okay. So I didn't give you instructions yet, but thank you for walking. (laughs) <laughs> so, if you would just stop where you are. <laughs> and stop where you are. So, here's another thing that you can do with kids daily. This practice of, and this happens to me when, if I bring the kids to the art table, and adults too. We walk over to the art table and, I'm like, I'm going to give you instructions. Everybody's touching everything on the table, you know, and this is total natural. This is such a normal part of our humanness. And what's, you know, Uh, wonderful for me to understand about that is that it takes concentration. It takes effort to stop, to listen, to slow down. It really does. So anytime that I'm about to give instructions, I can begin with saying, I'm about to give you instructions. Can you take a moment to see what it feels like in your body? I know for me personally, depending on where I am and what instructions I'm going to get, I can get very nervous, like, are they going to ask me to do something? I don't know what to do. I won't know how to do. Or make me, maybe I'll look silly if I don't know how to do it. So you can practice it any time. I'm about to give you instructions. Can you take a moment to see what it feels like in your body? If I needed to calm myself, and I have found this has been useful with children to listen to sound. I know there's a lot of um, instruction of coming to the breath first, but I have found with younger children, especially if we listen to sound first, because in listening to the sound, there's a stillness. And in the stillness, we can sometimes feel our breath. So I feel it's a little easier to orientate to breath once we've Silence to sound. So let's just practice that. So would you take a moment to listen to the sounds in the room? And if you notice that you can feel yourself breathing, can you you take a moment to just focus on that in and out? So the instructions are we are going to do a meditation sending kind thoughts to ourselves. Would you raise your hand if you can tell me why you think it's important to send kind thoughts to ourselves? Raise your hand if you if you might share why you think that's important.
0: Absolutely. Thank you.
1: That's what I needed when that lady scolded me in the park, right? (laughs) So raise your hand if you can tell me. Uh, If you're kind to yourself, you're kind to others. Thank you. Thank you, boy. That's a really, that's a great connection. And when we embody more kindness, we project more kindness. Mm, Thank you so much for bringing that. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Those were beautiful things. Okay, so let's do our practice. So we will turn this way. And then we can take, with each step, we're going to say something kind to ourselves. You can do this on the way to school. Three little steps. We don't want to drag it out too long. It gets exhausting. Three little steps on the way to school. Three little, three little hand claps in the back seat of the car. After you've screamed and yelled at them for not having their shoes on, leaving their lunchbox upstairs, <laughs> right? So let's, let's try. So I'll say a few things and then we'll, we'll be quiet for a while and you continue on saying a few things or you can just repeat what I said. So step one, may I have feelings of happiness? Again, let's step. Let's just walk. Let's just walk. So may I have feelings of happiness? Yes. Repeat after me if you want. May I have feelings of peace. May I know I am amazing and strong. I have people in my life that love me. I have people in my life that love me. I am perfect just the way I am. And I am capable of so much. so much. So we'll just walk just a few, maybe one more circle and just think about those things. Repeat them to yourself or anything else that brings comfort to you. But make sure you're saying them. And if your head is down, lift your head up. Take in the room. Still saying these kind things to yourself and head to your seat. So I'm gonna pass out these oranges. We want to be very respectful of the chapel and not open the orange in the chapel. We can't get any sticky fingers on <laughs> things inside here, but. Would you take a couple and pass them down? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. So while the oranges are coming around, Just another reminder, we can't open the oranges inside but hold them in your hand. It's a mindful practice in waiting for everybody to get their orange. Would you hold your orange out in front of you? So I want you to know that this is no ordinary orange in front of you. This orange came from a seed, right? From a seed. So what did it take for the seed to grow? Raise your hand if you can tell me. What did it take for the seed to grow? What's up? Darkness. Darkness, thank you. What did you say? Water, did you say water? Yes, so water. Sunshine. Sunshine, thank you. So water and sunshine, just to grow the seed and the seed grew into a tree, right? And then the tree, how long do you think it takes for the tree to be there before it starts to be able to produce oranges? A few years, right? Usually a few years, yes. And so what I want you to do, I want you to think about. So it grew from a seed into the tree, took a while to produce the oranges. And then who had to pick the orange in order for us to get it? Who picked the oranges? Farmers, pickers. And do you think that picking fruit in the hot sun all day is an easy job or a hard job? hard job right hard job and then once the fruit has been picked from the tree do you think loading pounds of oranges into the back of a truck is a hard job or an easy job hard job driving that truck across states in order to get to the H-E-B (laughs) on Buffalo Speedway do you think that's an easy job or a hard job hard job might be And then to be unloaded from the truck, to be placed on the shelf, there's a lot of physical work just in that. Then I had to get up and go and I was in a panic, are they gonna have the oranges that I need? Will they have, will it be the right oranges? So then I had to go to the store and get the oranges. So what I want for us to take a moment to slow down and notice is that this is no ordinary orange. Do all children in the world have access to oranges? Do all children in the world have access to food easily? No, right, not really. So this is no ordinary orange. All right, so I'd like for us to go outside. If we can, stand up and go outside, and we will take a moment to taste our no ordinary orange.